Welcome to the monthly recap where I share highlights from each episode recorded over the last month. I understand not everyone will listen to every episode, and that's not the goal. But one goal is to share the information in as many useful and easy to find ways as possible. Then if you hear something in the recap that sparks your interest, you can dive into the episode you like and hear a lot more about the job role. For each interview, there is an associated webpage on jobguppy.com that gives an overview from the interview. Education requirements are listed, career ladders and job search examples are shown, named college programs and trade certification programs are referenced, and income and salary research is provided. Now with all the introductions out of the way, let's move on. For October's recap, I will summarize the three launch episodes from September 22nd, and then the other episodes released throughout the month of October. I'll say a few sentences about some topics that I heard in common across all interviews first, and then I'll recap each episode after that. Something common I heard in all interviews is to not do this alone. Guests gave examples of how that helped with preventing burnout and examples of mentorship for guidance and potential job opportunities. It can help at times when your passion is waning, and not being alone could come in many different forms, like family members, friends, classmates, teachers, even subject matter focus groups found online. Speaking of passion, passion was a topic that came up multiple times too, especially in the roles that required extended education. Passion seemed to be what kept people pursuing their goals. I would go so far as to say that passion meant more than riches when it came to motivations to press on. Finding something to care about really matters. Regarding the topic of moving between jobs, I found it interesting that guests for some job roles recommended getting a broad scope of experience early on, while other roles are more conducive to not moving around so much. For example, it seemed to be a better career move to not change jobs a lot when associated with a medical practice or being a pilot, but then other roles like those associated with the petroleum industry and business world recommended moving between roles and taking more risk early in one's career for the purpose of gaining experience. I think this is something to ponder in your career selection. It was also interesting to hear how many guests started in one area of study before their career even got started, but then decided to change their focus. I think it is important to point out here how they discovered something about themselves and their passion. In most cases, it was getting outside of the classroom and applying themselves to work associated with their field of study, like lab work or an internship. You can even do volunteer work with associated programs to find out if you like something. Now I'm moving into the episode recaps. Episode 1. Brian, the Fractional Airline Pilot. Brian has been flying commercially for around 27 years, has multiple certifications, and has trained others to be pilots. This episode was also joined by a young and aspiring pilot who is already on his way to getting his pilot's license before he even graduates high school. Fractional airlines are where multiple persons share ownership in a plane. It's closer to private plane ownership but without owning the whole plane by yourself. Brian is a pilot who flies planes for these individuals. He does tend to have long work days that can be back to back, but then he also has extended periods of downtime. And in his particular role, he can remain close to his family and not have to be gone for extended time frames. The fractional airline industry is a very good career choice if you are considering being a pilot. And nowadays, there is a high demand for pilots and you can find programs that combine the training and the learning together to help expedite your entry into the career field. 
The perks of this role can be very nice due to the ability to catch a ride on some of these exquisite planes as they are moved around the country to accommodate the pool of shared owners. And you are able to earn other travel perks on some major airlines and earn hotel points as well. Brian said he has not paid for a hotel in over 10 years of his personal travels even outside of work. Currently, this is not a role that requires a college degree, but it does require specific certifications. Some of these programs are mentioned during the interview with Brian. Some fractional airlines are also listed on the JobGubby page associated with Brian's interview. If you are considering any career in aviation, I would highly recommend including some of these fractional airline companies on your list of potential employers. Episode 2, Dr. Mary Beecham, the ENT surgeon, more formally titled otorhinolaryngologist. I'm just saying otorhinolaryngologist because I practiced it so much. Oto meaning ear, rhino meaning nose, and larin meaning throat. But we more commonly refer to them as ENT doctors. In Dr. Mary's words, she takes care of anything above the shoulders that is not the eyeballs nor the brain. She started college studying marine zoology and realized through lab work that she wanted more direct interaction with people. Dr. Mary brings the unique perspective to the role of being a female surgeon. During the interview, she gives a great breakdown of how she manages her busy day and family activities, the many roles she plays in direct patient care, the range of patients she sees, the types of surgeries she performs, and the administrative roles she plays. She is big on seeking to achieve your goals, but like so many others, she says it takes a team of people to help excel. This is a role where Dr. Mary recommends to not move around. This helps to build an established place of practice and rapport with your patients. This level of comfortability with both patients and your team is important as a surgeon. Episode 3, Adam Damon, the geologist in the petroleum industry. Adam is currently an operations geologist. His specific role is to help guide the drilling process for new wells real-time. He called it geo-steering. There are a few roles a geologist can play in the petroleum industry. You can hear more about each of them in the interview. Adam recommends to start in a role that gives you more exposure to overall processes and then move into roles that tend to cover just one aspect. Adam had similar advice as others about not trying to grow your career on your own. He referred to it as imposter syndrome. His job can be a role where a lot of individual responsibility is placed on you as an individual contributor, and this can lead to stress and burnout. He recommended to get to know other coworkers and network. They can help mentor you and prevent the imposter syndrome effect. Contrasted with the potential stress I just mentioned, though, Adam stated that geologists are known to have some of the highest percentages of people who remain in their career field as a geologist. He mentioned 90% of the people that start as a geologist remain a geologist. To be a geologist in the petroleum industry, this is a field where a college degree is almost always required and a master's degree at that. Episode 4, Dr. Natalie Langley, the board-certified forensic anthropologist, among other titles. Dr. Natalie has many titles associated with various boards and forensic science entities, one being a course director at the Mayo Clinic in Arizona. As a course director, she helps plan the coursework for resident students, and this includes general residence teaching as well as teaching advanced techniques for studying human anatomy to help with research. 
She also sometimes consults on forensic casework. Dr. Natalie was a first-generation college student. It is very inspirational to hear her go through the various titles and credentials she now holds. She knew early on she enjoyed working with the human body, but she did not want to work directly with patient care like most people think of when they think of a traditional medical doctor. She found a way to blend the best of all the things she enjoys into a successful career. She highly recommends mentors. In her episode, she mentions places you can find mentors specific to this career field. This information is also on the JobGuppy website page with her show notes. Similar to multiple others I interviewed, she recommended to find others to network with. This can go a long way in this career field with succeeding with your studies, finding research positions while you study, and also help find jobs. She also recommends to pay attention to how you are growing your skill set and make sure you are thinking about the future with what you are currently doing. You want to build a skill set that will help you later, like even 10 years into your career. Have you ever really taken a moment to stop and think about where you want to be 5, 10 years from now? And how is what you are doing today and tomorrow or even next year going to help with that? Episode 5, Dr. Sumath Gopana, the Associate Professor of Music Theory. One thing music theorists do is break down different aspects of music to help understand what the decisions were that may have led to the creation of the piece being studied. In his role, Dr. Gopana teaches, researches, reviews graduate thesis for others, and has served on various committees. He also has a band you can listen to named The Gated Community. You can find a link on the jobcopy.com webpage for Dr. Gopana's episode. Dr. Gopana discusses the benefit of having a passion for what you are doing. He also advises to not just work with others, but pay attention to what they're saying. Some ways to do this is to not just work with classmates in your field of study, but to also find people outside your field of study to bounce ideas off of, because they may have a different perspective to offer back to you. And if you are pursuing graduate school, consider programs that have paid positions to help support you during your graduate school time frame. Episode 6, Jesus Patina the business transformation consultant. As Jesus put it, this is a position where you help clients and companies elevate their level of sophistication in their processes or potentially to expand into new markets or locations. It requires a lot of analytical work. And while an MBA is not required, it can be helpful in advancing your career in this role. Jesus himself graduated with a chemical engineering degree, thought he would work in the food industry, instead started working in the petroleum industry. It was later in his career that he got his MBA and started in the role as a business transformation consultant. So this is a field where it is possible to move into from other career fields. And according to Jesus, there is a need for people in this industry. So don't rule this out if you like helping people grow their businesses or solve problems. However, you need to know how to analyze data, summarize it into a story you can relate to others, and then work with and lead your clients to see the benefits of the plan you put in place. As for advice, Jesus recommends to build experience sooner rather than later. These experiences will help you grow and expand your portfolio of skill sets. This even includes taking risks that may seem scary at the time. You have more time than you think early in your career. And even simple things can build experiences, like traveling or trying different foods. Episode 7, Ranya Abarka the intraoperative neuromonitoring technologist. I'm going to bet that out of the roles I mentioned so far, 
This is probably a job role people know least about. This is a role that usually requires a bachelor's degree, and while it helps if it is in some kind of science, it is not required to be. You can go through certification programs that open opportunities for this career field. Intraoperative neuromonitoring is where the technologist connects a lot of wires to a medical patient so they can monitor electrical pulses in your muscles and nerves while you are being operated on or tested. They are able to help guide the surgeon if they see irregular activity. This can prevent long-term issues like paralysis or nerve damage. This is a role that seems to have a good work-life balance. Matter of fact, Reiner said it is common to work less than 40 hours a week if one likes. And you can travel in this role if that is something you would enjoy. Some of Reiner's career advice was to move around early in your career to get more experience. And pay attention to how you are progressing your skill set if you are deciding to remain in one position for a long time. That concludes our recap for this month. You can support the podcast by subscribing, leaving a review, and following us on social media. Links are in the show notes.